It is our family dress-up service. I see some pretty good costumes. Mario lost his mustache. Where is Mario's mustache? <laughs> I love it. So today, we're gonna, it's going to be just a short service. We're going to give a little devotionalette here, and then we have lots of tasty treats to get to. But how many people know the story of Ichabod Crane, Headless Horseman? A couple? Okay, okay, okay. This is one of my favorite like, Halloween stories. I, I don't say I read, but I listen to the audiobook of this. Every Halloween, I go on a hike or a drive or something. We listen to it. It is really fun. So the rough story is we have Ichabod Crane here. He is a teacher, and he moves into the area of Sleepy Hollow to be the teacher. There was one teacher in the town, taught everyone, so that, that's what he did. He becomes a very integral part of this community. He ends up being the choir teacher. He ends up doing a lot of things in the community. He gets really, really plugged in. While his time there, he meets Katrina Van Tassel, who he falls instantly in love with and wants to marry. Problem is, that guy is also in love with Katrina. That is Brom Bones. And they have a lot of altercations, Ichabod and Brom. Um, somehow Ichabod manages to come out of these altercations with the upper hand. It, it's, it's hilarious how he does it, but he always comes out of these kind of winning. As the story goes on, Katrina's dad, this guy here, who is the wealthiest farm owner in the entire area, every year he has a giant fall party. And so he invites everyone to the party. It's a great time. Everyone's having fun. As is tradition at a lot of these kind of parties, as the night winds down, they start telling ghost stories. One of the ghost stories they tell there is of the Headless Horseman, who the rough synopsis of it was he's supposed to be a uh, Revolutionary War uh, Hessian, yeah, who gets his head knocked off by a cannonball. And then now he haunts the land around hunting for a new head. He has a pumpkin he carries around and such. So that's kind of the urban legend of the Headless Horseman in this area. They tell this story there. Ichabod is really terrified of all things ghosts and goblins and scariness. So he, on his way home, is terrified, terrified, and then has an encounter with the Headless Horseman. It's a really kind of comical scene sometimes with them just kind of running back and forth, like hiding from each other, doing all of this. But the story tells of a bridge. If you can get across the bridge, the Headless Horseman cannot follow you. That's where his territory ends. He has to stop. So Ichabod is racing to the bridge, and it's kind of a dramatic, as dramatic as a, you know, was this like a 40s cartoon can get. Um, it ends with like this pumpkin flying at the screen. It's black. You don't know what happened. The only thing we know is the next morning, just on the other side of the bridge, was the smashed pumpkin and Ichabod's hat. We don't know what happened to him. Some people in the town say Ichabod was taken by the horseman. And, you know, he, the horseman got him. Others say he ran away. Because at that party, he proposed to Katrina. And Katrina said no. So he was kind of done with everything. So some people say, like, no, he, he just left. He took that as an opportunity and left town. Now the story ends with Brom and Katrina getting married. So things maybe work out for them. We don't know what, what goes on with Ichabod there. So that's the rough synopsis of it. One thing I did not realize about the story until, honestly, probably just a couple years ago, all three of the main characters are kind of awful people. Every single one of them. None of them are really good. And honestly, they're all kind of bad in similar ways. They are all exceptionally 
greedy. So Ichabod is the most obvious in his greed. He is greedy for wealth. So this is how he describes going over to visit Katrina. This is, this is what's on his head. Um, as the enraptured Ichabod fancied all of this, and as he rolled his giant green eyes over the fat meadow lands, the rich fields of wheat, rye, buckwheat, corn, and orchards birthed in a ruddy fruit, which surrounded the warm tenement of Van Tassel. His heart yearned after the damsel who was to inherit these domains, and his imagination expanded with the idea of how they might be ready to turn into cash and money invested in newer, immense tracts of lands and shingled palaces in the wilderness. So he doesn't really love Katrina. He loves Katrina's dad's property, his money, his wealth. So he's greedy for that wealth. Now, you're wondering why this is up here. Does anyone know how, again, urban legend, who knows, you're supposed to catch a raccoon? A raccoon. That little adorable guy. <laughs> so, you catch a raccoon by putting something in a jar or you know, a little vessel. They put their little raccoon hands, I'm a little worried because I tried this earlier and it worked and I'm worried my fat hands are gonna come out. So, if you don't grab anything, hand comes in and out just fine, right? Those are my favorite candies. I love Milky Way. I want those candies. If I grab them, there is no way my hand is coming out. Can't come out. But if I'm not greedy and I let go of them, hand maybe comes out. There we go, my hand comes out. <laughs> I was worried it was going to get stuck. So this is the idea of they're kind of trapping themselves. They just let go of whatever's in the trap. They can get out. There's nothing holding them there except their clenched fist. All I have to do is let go. So I think that's a little bit kind of what Ichabod is doing now. He's kind of grasping and clenching at everything, and it ended up costing him. Now, Ichabod is not the only one who is greedy. The other two are greedy, but in slightly different ways, ways that we might not think about. Katrina is greedy for control. Katrina wants to be loved by everyone. She plays Brahm and Ichabod against each other for her benefit. She wants to get everything out of both of them. She's greedy for control. Brom is greedy for power. Brom has to be the absolute best at everything. He has to be the center of attention. There's a great line in the book, I didn't write it down, but it talks about any time there was a row, a merrymaking event, or a big decision that had to be made, Brom had to be there. Brom had to be in the center of it, because he wants that power. He is greedy for every ounce of power he can get. Now, what does all of this come to? Well, it really comes to no one getting a happy ending. Ichabod is either taken by the Headless Horseman or run out of town, off hiding in shame because of his greed for Katrina's wealth. Yes. Brahm and Katrina end up married. But everyone suspects and kind of knows what they did because it's very heavily assumed that the Headless Horseman that night was Brahm. He was the one that did it to finally push him out so they could rob him and go on with their life. Well, they get married, but it's not happy. They're pariahs in the town now. 
I want to do one last example of greed from Jesus, because I thought this was a really good kind of synopsis of things. This is from Luke 12, starting at verse 16. And he told them a parable, saying, The land of a rich man produced plentifully. And he thought to himself, What shall I do? For I have nowhere to store my crops. And he said, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build larger ones. And there I will store all the grain and my goods. And I will say to my soul, Soul, you have... <laughs> I don't know why, I, I really just like that line. <laughs> I will say to myself, Soul, you have, you have ample goods laid up for many years. Eat, relax, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, Fool, this night your soul is required of you. And the things you have prepared... Whose will they be? Now that, that line there, your soul is required of you, it's a weird way of saying tonight you're going to die. Your soul is going to be taken, required of you in heaven. So this is God saying, you've committed everything to acquiring every ounce of wealth. And just now when you're like, okay, I'm going to enjoy this. I'm, I'm going to work on how, how, how do I do, do more and more? You die. And what happens to the wealth? What happens to it all? It's gone. It's kind of an intense parable from Jesus there. But this is what greed does. It ends up costing us. What, what are the things in your life right now that you would say you're greedy over? Or maybe what are the things you're putting at the very, very center of your life where Jesus should be? What are those things you are not letting go of? I'm a little afraid to do this again. What are those things you are not letting go of? Just refuse to let go until they're trapping you. And all I have to do is, simple as that, hand out. They could be material things. Items. You could be kind of falling down the Ichabod trail. It could be being liked. You want to place your priority on, I have to be liked by everyone. It could be being the best at something. You could put your entirety on, I have to be the best at this or this or this. Now, none of these things are bad in and of themselves, right? Wanting to be good at something, wanting to be liked, having things, those aren't bad. It's when they become the center, when you're not willing to let go of them if God asks you to. That's where we get this transition to greed. So, that is what I want to leave you with as we kind of sit and think throughout this week. What are those areas in our lives that we just don't want to let go of? We're trapping ourselves with. Join me as we pray.